Well, we are live. I'm literally writing you an email. You should have right seen now. my breakdown with with Trey just being just calling you guys all sorts of names, being like these. Yeah, I was. I got. I got. I puckered up a little bit. It made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> That's how he likes it. That's good. my love language, though. Right? I, I, <laughs> if I dog cuss you, it means I love you. Yeah. How's that working for you, Pete? That's how I people get away know. with it. Well, yeah, you're, right. <laughs> you're, right. you're right, Craig. That's not working so well in my it's life. It's not working so well. All these people I love are leaving my life. I wonder what I'm doing wrong. Well, I've only got the bandwidth for like five friends anyway, so it's true. It's true. Is that a clean in house? You can count your friends on five. What, Peter? What type of shirt is that? I like that shirt. It's uh, it's got flamingos on it. He's getting ready for Cabo. Oh, it's awesome. I'm getting ready for Cabo stairs practice. It's good work. Yeah, you look good, bud. And look at you, Trey, all polished with a look at that. Yeah, no gold shame. watch. Every time you show up in this podcast, like a new tray. Yeah, you got one more cut. item of clothing. Soon, I'm gonna have new, brand new underwear, no holes. That shit's. Gonna I be know. Amazing. I mean, imagine if you look that world. way, everything you're wearing, but the shirt was actually ironed and not look like you brought it out from. A, <laughs> your this is fucking cleaners. What are you no, it's about? not, bro. Get yeah, it. Is. I, I undid it from the plastic. Get close. Oh, get close to the. Feeling. Get close to the camera. That's a great. Okay, it looks good. It's a it's an Oxford, Craig. You need to learn your fabrics. No, I don't listen. It's thicker. You know it. You know it's almost as good as a fresh shirt. Actually, you know it's a little bit better than a fresh Here shirt. Here we go. Check, Ready? What? Hmm. Warm undies from the dryer. Warm undies. I take a warm towel over warm undies. What? Yeah, what? A warm towel. Warm towel. I agree on the warm towel. Warm undies will make you take a leap. Yeah, you know I live in the tro- <laughs> I, live, I work in the tropics, man. I don't want warm undies. Oh yeah, well, cold, crisp. Maybe we're I'm used only, to the warm. Only one of the three of you guys who uh, has has seasons. So true. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> you don't really have a lot of seasons. Though. We That's we're nice. excited because right now it's I don't know what what's the temperature right now. What do we got? Like it's 90s? cold. It's going to get cold. It's going to go uh, down into like the 70s. Oh, yes. um, that's what we call Frigid. fall. Yeah. That's why I wore a long sleeve shirt to prepare. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, in Florida, we, got, we got two seasons. Today. Florida, we got January and summer. So yeah. that's all we got here. We're, so it's, we're excited. It's 87. About... It's cold as hell here. Today. The humidity about 100. Hey, J. Cal, you got intros today or no? I do. I do. You want me to roll? Are you going to roll with music or are we just going to kick? No, no. The Link Nazi doesn't want to do it that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forget. I forget. The right, that's Nazi. all we get. That's, that's all we get. Right. Ready to go. Yeah, all right. I want to welcome everybody to the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast, the whole name that is, where we have consent that we have paid our debts in creating quality dental practices and we have the scars to prove it. So let's get started with the fearsome three that are joining me today. We're going to get going. So Halloween is upon us, but the only thing he fears is being irrelevant. He should run for office, but he has too many skeletons in his closet. This gas-guzzling, gun-toting defender of private practice keeps us all safe, even if his conversations about our practice vision makes us chafe. You can always expect the unexpected, as he always finds a way to boast, even about this roast. His social interactions to you makes you never feel alone. But no, if you're in his presence, you'll always be second to his phone. He blazes <laughs> trails for a living and knows no bounds to his giving. Please help me welcome Craig Spodak hey, to the pod, everyone. Sorry, Dwight. I, I didn't catch that. Am I doing it over again? I was, just, I was on Instagram. Sorry. That was amazing. That was awesome. It's all good, my man. It's all good. And in the Dude, end, my L one makes me feel like you don't like me right now. Yeah, he's hurt. <laughs> when I see you in Cabo, you better hug me, buddy. I will. I'll hug you big time. I'll see you in Houston as we fly together. Okay, good. I want a big, no need for a big, 
No need for a big intro, but let's tiptoe around his crypto since selling to him is whack. And he definitely didn't want to listen to his friend Spodak. He is the <laughs> enterpriser with an insatiable desire where arbitrage is his game. So don't expect him to remain the same. Once the opportunity is depleted, you can expect his equity to be unseated. A private DSO may be his dream, but expect him not to be seen. He's the quiet CEO whose dentistry is long past but he builds your operations to be steadfast. He's the practice generator and the profits allocator. Please give a warm welcome to the dictator, Peter Bolden. That was so kind, Dwight. Pencils Thank down. Nice. Pencils down. That was, that was so nice. kind. That was, nice. that, that was good. Pencils Full down. Stop. Full stop. <laughs> and lastly, but of course, the risk taker and bar breaker and with the disgust for detail with enough practices to be considered for retail when scaling his efficiency he makes no concessions which is why he's the safest in a recession his calm makes you wonder if he's even awake <laughs> or if his agreeable comments are just simply fake the truth is he's just bored with you but too much of a texas gentleman to tell you to <laughs> his practice is a family episode of the succession but his rocky balboa video will make you consider his ganja possession from Brenham to Cyprus to Belleville to Houston, his practices are steady. So if you're selling in Texas, the Rainmaker is ready with a good deal. Give him a year and the practice, the purchase will look like a steal. He's our Rainmaker, our Handshaker, our Tito's drinker. Please welcome Trey Tippett to the pond. Oh, this is great, man. Dwight. Oh, Dwight. Who, who knew? Every time, time I just get so surprised by this. That's I awesome. Oh, That's good man. stuff. So Dwight. with that being said, we've got to prep and start it because all in went all out. So we're going to we're gonna add That's something amazing. to it right here. So be prepared for when Pete gives the term full stop, which means to him that his mic just dropped. Craig will yell pencils down so we will know it's the end of the round. And trade the agreeable will follow with the term. That's well said, even if it's some crazy idea from Craig. As for me, I'm the moderator who can barely get us to land the plane, especially since I think we're all insane. Culture Index says we should never put these four together, but our energy units will make us talk forever. The truth is that Pete started the pod and Craig gave Pete a heart and Dwight brought in CI and Trey shows us the ROI. We're the fearsome four. And if there's anything we can underscore, it's that we hope that this pod helps you build scale and more. So welcome to the pod, everyone. Whoa, that was beautiful. Dwight, I feel like we can just shut down at this point. Yeah, we should, we should end this one. We should We're done. Yeah, it's it's only going to be a letdown from here. It's true. <laughs> if you're listening, you might want to just tune out now. Yeah, well, we got some good topics. We got some okay. good stuff. Oh, then don't tune out. There's got to be a little production in this process. So let's roll. Um, <clears throat> all right. So first on the list, we got an interesting topic. I can give a little quick summary so everybody feels like we got an intro on the topic, but it relates to the one and only BlackRock getting into oral health slash dental. Um, that's the top of our list. Um, <clears throat> for those who don't know, BlackRock is considered a, uh, well, as a risk management company's fixed income, uh, institutional asset manager. It's now considered the world's largest asset manager, uh, $10 trillion currently in its portfolio as of July of 2022. So needless to say, we're talking about a pretty significant involvement and interaction. So what's I would say what's interesting about this is- this is, it right here, Dwight? The BlackRock mm, purchases Paradigm? That's right. So BlackRock- Yeah, you know who they purchased in dental though, Pete, right? Well, that is, that is dental. Paradigm mm. Oral Health. Paradigm Oral Health is the parent oh. company. That goes along with that. Now, 
I will say, if you want some back, uh, background on this, so it was started the with uh, David Rallis, who is a, uh, he did his DDS in 2004, his MD in 2008 from the Mayo oral surgery guy. Uh, we'll fast forward a little bit, but needless to say, he, he established pretty nice EBITDA, three offices, EBITDA 4.35 million, um, mm. initially got partnered with in tandem, which is another smaller private equity group that basically in tandem got them to, to this point, um, where this acquisition is being considered at nearly, I'm not joking, $1 billion, uh, 900 million, 900 plus. million. Yeah. Holy <clears throat> shit. So it's so a tech basically, company too. Okay. So you've got what happened was it seemed like 4.35 in EBITDA. Um, they got a 12x from tandem for the first three offices. They only sold 50.1%. Mm. And then they took about three bites of the apple. They went from, and hear this, three to 75 offices in 36 months in oral surgery um, through acquisition each time doing stock deals for equity. So they went 50-50 split, 60-40 split, 70-30 split. And now BlackRock has considered them for majority shareholdership at 18.3x multiple for Good just Lord. over 900 million. Now, 18? 18.3. Now I want to explain something. Why? I First thing I would say, just my personal opinion, group like BlackRock doesn't just get involved to buy practices, right? Right. There's a platform that we're talking about here. There's Paragon, which is um, early on, David, who's still helping run the company. Paragon or Parag Paradigm? Paradigm. Paragon, Paragon is, is the piece of software that they also created that helps oh, run. It's a practice yeah. management software that they've scaled. So these types of groups love SaaS companies, and that's really where they see the scale. So I think when you listen to these multiples, you're not talking about just buying practices. You're talking right. about buying a whole platform at which that scales, not only oral surgery, but other things. They have a whole consulting platform that coaches. So tons of verticals there. I mean, obviously are yeah. coming off of this. Got yeah. It. Yeah. But it's interesting. I mean, obviously 36 months of scale um, is pretty astronomical, but I thought it was worth discussing because I think there's a lot of, of thoughts that get caught up in somebody saying someone's got bought out for a billion um, and so I figured we'd talk about verticals. We talk about kind of the, how this impacts the industry. So let's throw down some thoughts. What do y'all got on this one? I remember when, I remember when, um, Heartland got bought by the teacher, the Canadian teachers union for a billion, mm -hmm. and it was all over the headlines. Everyone yeah. was talking about it in the industry, yeah. how far we've come mm -hmm. that, that I've never heard of this until <laughs> you, you brought it up the other day, Dwight. You know, yeah. you didn't know that because DECA was acquired by Blackstone. Well, I, I'm just saying I didn't know about a billion dollar oral surgery uh, deal. That's like half tech and half. I'm just saying yeah. like the deals you you were starting to get numb versus versus like remember the teachers union bought that it, it, it flipped dentistry on its head. I remember right. hearing about it being like, holy shit, here it comes, you know, but BlackRock, uh, uh, you know, as we all know, even in, in the downturn of the well, let me say even in COVID. Remember, BlackRock was being kind of scrutinized for buying all of the private homes, right? Yeah. They were trying to buy real estate and just gobble right. up all real estate. And everyone was saying, you know, the goal is to let you own nothing and be happy. You know, you're going to be a renter forever because we're going to price you out of home ownership. So to see something, to see what's BlackRock's uh, AUM, assets under management, I think it's 
10 trillion. Oh, 10, 10 trillion. 10 trillion with a T. Yeah. So when they, so here's what, here's what's a little bit frightening about that. When someone who has that kind of clout, you know, they, one billion ain't no thing. The economy is not run by the government. The economy is run by Morgan Stanley and BlackRock and things like this, right? And so I mean, the clout, Ray, that, <laughs> the clout that they can bestow on an industry. So if they wet their beak on this, and they all of a sudden like Dennis, this seems pretty good. Dentistry seems like something we want to jump into. Yeah. It 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 could be. Uh, I don't know what it could be, honestly. As well, I I'll just speed think, up the consolidation pathway by a major factor. <laughs> Right, but does it create a feeding, a feeding frenzy, Craig, or do you think it's just a, it's an open market? Right. Obviously, the more the more suitors are in the market, the higher the more demand, right? The higher the price. So, um, but there's a limit. Like when you start getting into the 18s, that's that's tough to validate um, in yeah. terms of, of of an EBITDA play. I also well, I think. Mean, go ahead. I think too. You've got <clears throat> fears of a recession. You know, obviously, we're. we're heading that way or in it and you've got tech companies big tech companies which were always amazing performers like repositioning mm. themselves to say we're going to be a slower growing company now we don't expect these ridiculous consistent double digit quarter over quarter returns so i think it focuses people like blackrock and smarter money to say okay well if it's not that sexy anymore to go tech what can we do what are you know if there's gonna be stable returns on a tech company why not go stable returns on dental as well so i think there's a reset of expectations from the big financial powerhouses yeah to return to healthcare stability right yeah hmm you know i was listening to something about with uh you know michael burry who, who tweets a fair amount and yeah. you know he was obviously the big short in the movie was the big <clears> short was made about him and he was basically saying how you know it's crazy that we have these companies that are worth a hundred billion dollars in in the free market he's talking tech tech and SaaS, yet they've yet to ever have profits right he's like it's right. this, this inversion of like value versus actually production mm -hmm. of of creative value is just he's like it, it it will not last this will end badly is what he's saying and so craig to well your it's already point, ending i mean facebook and amazon and apple they're all laying people off and you know positioning to their investors that expect more modest returns no more ice skating rinks in your corporate headquarters and free lunches and all that stuff i mean that put pressure on all of us there's you know the, there's definitely a more sobering time coming in yeah it's crazy it's crazy but i think that bodes well for us because you, you mean know, because but, it's because it's a shift back like where tech was right. the 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 sexy beast in the room so to speak now people now it's going back to let's get back to base hits and at businesses that actually make something yeah well if you have the amazons of the world saying hey we're gonna be, we're gonna be a base hit company going forward now it's all of a sudden, you know, these other people that are smarter than all of us are just like, well, if it's going to be base hits, let's go to healthcare because it's a little bit more immune to consumer trends and, and prices and stuff like that. I like that comment you just said about smarter than us. I'm, I'm always amazed because you'll hear some of these incredible individuals that are out there selling, right? And some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world, you know, Elon Musk and um, it just they're they're out there. And when they're selling People are like, nah, nah, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's almost as if for some reason, even within our own industry, this type of news can come up and we act like, oh, well, that that never will affect me here or never affect me here in Houston or affect me in Texas or somewhere else. And I think we have to have our eyes open to understand that consolidating is happening and, and it's going to happen at different rates. 
but there are different ways to look at this. I mean, this is not a simple turnkey acquisition. Nobody should quote somebody got an 18.3 multiple for dentistry. That's just not what it is. Now, I do agree that they're looking more at us and saying, hey, here's some bread and butter industries that are looking sexier because they're more stable. They survived well through COVID because there's a necessity, there's a healthcare necessity. So it stabilizes their portfolio in a lot of different ways, which is why I think it's going to create some attractivity to what we our industry. But do I think that it's sped up as far as when we talk about application to the listener right now? Like I would say, yeah, do I think that if before we were thinking seven years out for, you know, a significant percentage of the industry or 50% or 40% of the industry being consolidated, this might speed up. So this, you think this speeds up the timeline for consolidation is what you're saying? I think so. And so, so net, what, net, do you think it's a positive? Why do you think that happens? Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, what, what makes you? I think agree with him, by the way. I think because when people start realizing that um, you've got inflationary money, <clears throat> you've got large groups that are really struggling. Well, one we're going to talk about here, this next step that relates to the fact that they have way too much variable interest rate debt. And those things start collapsing, more consolidation is going to happen with some of these groups. And some of them are also these large DSOs. They're struggling as well in the same way because they they were they they created their whole business model in a zero interest rate environment. And it was a significant component. You've got to realize that's not just going to go away. And so, in my opinion, do I think that it sped that up? Yes. I mean, do I think it's going to go to 100? No, 100%. No. But do I think that it's going to speed up the process of what everybody kept quoting was the next seven years, seven, eight years? I think it'll be more like five. Well, when Dwight, the big let me ask like you, this get in. Let me ask you a question, though, Dwight. <laughs> so let's just pick apart that one thing you said. So if you build your business model and it only works because of zero interest rates and you're using debt, why does that not collapse things from inside? So why not? Why is it speeding things up? Why doesn't why don't you think it would take some of the big players out? And make I think it takes the, the big players out, but big players within our industry. That's what meaning I'm meaning the D, some of the DSOs that did this incorrectly, uh, small direct club thing, groups like that that did it and focused on building their models in that in that mindset created a lot of variable rates. Um, that, and no, I'm just talking about debt. DSOs. I think right, when right, you bring right. in so small direct club, there's a whole other set of challenges why they failed. Right. I don't think but, interest rate had to do anything with it. Well, my question there is, is that a lot of their debt is variable interest rates as far as DSOs. And therefore, right. if people like or groups like BlackRock are getting involved at this point in time, it's because it's going to get more savory as we go along. And I think that now that they show their interest, there's other people that are going to be considering this. I, I agree said, with all that. I'm just concerned. I agree, <laughs> I agree with all that. I'm just concerned about are there DSOs out there, large DSOs that their debt ratios are so high and it all worked at zero, but it doesn't work at three, four, five, six, seven mm -hmm. of interest rate. And then what happens to those and why does that not slow the consolidation train down? It won't slow the consolidation down because there's always a bigger fish eating. To eat them eat is what them. you're saying. Correct. <clears throat> yeah, until there's so, not. <clears throat> It was musical chairs at that point in time. I mean, that's that's all that recaps are, though, Trey. Right? Yeah, you buy, exactly. you buy something in hopes that you know it, it's the greater it's fool bigger. theory almost. It's just like crypto, right? You buy it in hopes that that's that someone else is going to buy your bag for more than you paid for it. Um, you know, that's that's what it is. I mean, I don't think that's the thing exactly with crypto because there's obviously some merit around it, but like that's that's 
that's the arbitrage that kind of mm-hmm. we're talking about here. I mean, that's the whole reason that, that anyone would do this. It's not because they have this fascination with dentistry. It's that they see, they see leverage. They see arbitrage opportunities and, um, and our industry is, is ripe because of the lack of consolidation, right? Because of the fragmentation in the industry. What's the, what's the newest data? Do, do any of you know about what percentage of our industry is consolidated? I know it's hard, it's hard it, to find that number, yeah. but do you guys know? I think it's around 40%. That's why I'm going right now in my head. There's the data, unfortunately, Craig is lagged, right? So it's going to be, by the time you see the data, it's probably in in 2020 or 2021. And like, I haven't seen current data. So if someone has that, that they know it, put it in the comments or something or or ping us just so we could know, uh, or they can send us the article because my gut, and I don't know where I heard this from, and Dwight, you're kind of echoing the same sentiment is that, it uh, it's around forty percent now, um, but I think that might be a little high, guys. That honestly. seems high. I'm I'm my I guess is you, that I, we're still in the thirties, but that uh, would be my. For, I think that. So to, when to, do we when do we point. define it as consolidated? I mean, what's what's the number that you think it's going to hit? The majority has to be consolidated in order for you to say it's consolidated. I would say. I mean, that doesn't mean that there's no more runway left, but I think at fifty five or sixty percent consolidated, meaning part of a DSO or larger group. Then you say, I would say the industry has been consolidated, but no, there's I'd still plenty of runway. I'd say 80%. Isn't Trey. Durham like 80% consolidated? Yeah. The tipping point right. is, is where, where the, yes, is, well, it's is the, 80%. It's the tipping points already met, been met. It's just that we're surviving. The tipping point in the definition, fragmented oh, okay. versus consolidated is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, if to you clarify, for- you're talking about two different things. So the tipping point as far as when we within the industry or across the board start to sense it or know about it is earlier, like you said, 2021 to 22%. But he's talking about the tipping point of when we consider like that is the default is consolidation. He thinks it's closer to 80% or something to that vast majority. So a super majority is what you're saying, Peter. Yes. Yeah. And is there any force that you can think of that stops this? No. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing not, stops n- us. Us belly aching. Us saying we won't do it. It's n- there's nothing that can stop it. It's inevitable. The what all we can do, in my opinion, this is this place is is make sure we're shepherding good stewards of it. Meaning that it's not just run by people who are trying to drive down profits. <gasps> I, I think that's where you can that's where you can really lay. If you just say we're not doing it, and you may be the lat like to Trey's point. You may be musical <clears> chairs, <throat> and there may be no chair potentially. I'm not saying that everyone needs to do it. I'm just saying, Craig, to your, you, we can't avoid this. There's too much power in the financial system. Well, I mean, controlling the reimbursement rates of the insurance companies, controlling the supply costs and your, you know, your goods that we we all use. I mean, the the economic factors are just too compelling. There's just I'm going to yeah. I'm going to read something real quick just in response to this because your question made me remember to, there was a Rutgers article that got uh, put out just recently re- discussing kind of the impact of these variable rates and carrying most of your debt for these for several organizations throughout uh, multiple industries. Long story short, I'll read a chunk of it. It says this is a section that it discusses high bankruptcy risk. Uh, it goes like this. It says the burden of high interest payments is expected to lead more companies filing for bankruptcies. Moody's projects that 3.7% of companies with junk rated debt will file for bankruptcy in August, 2023, up from 2.1% the year earlier. Among highly indebted companies facing this bankruptcy risk are healthcare provider, surgery center holdings, dentistry operator, Heartland Dental, 
Oh, yeah. yeah Energy they, infrastructure service. They actually call out Heartland services. Dental in that article? Yeah, specifically. Wow. Wanda knew Co3, according to movies. So what? even when I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm looking at all these reps and all these discussions. It specifically discusses them because um, it wasn't too long ago that their, I mean, their acquisition model was so massive, but it was taking advantage of those rates. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying that they don't have an, a methodology <laughs> to try and curve this, but there are several groups that You're are saying when rates are zero, Dwight, it's a lot easier to um, propel your model, right? But yes. Not to mention it, you know, everybody sat in that boardroom and said, now's the time, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, let's, yeah. let's make it happen. Let's acquire, let's go, 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 go. The problem is, is did they taper that off fast enough? It's unlikely. Although well, let's, most let's take a layer back, like specifically Heartland, you know, when I get those mailers, like I'm sure everyone in this list that's listening yeah. gets this one as well. The marketing position for Heartland Dental, at least maybe I have a certain demographic they're hitting with special marketing. So maybe you can comment what you're getting, but I'm getting a postcard where the guy is dressed half in scrubs and half with a fishing rod. Same. And it's like, you're getting that? Well, maybe we're, we're old, we're old men. So what are you getting? Are you getting that flyer too? It's basically this marketing position of like, do you hate your life? Do you want to, do you want to quit your business and yeah. fish more? So like what business would the four of us acquire where the, the producer, the main talent, like, oh, you want to just disappear? Great. I'll buy your pizza store. Brilliant. You're the most renowned pizza maker ever. You want to go fishing? Great. I'll buy nice. the dough and the sauce and you go off and fish. So like, does Heartland really have just a rate problem or do they have a strategy wherein they're, they just figure if they keep acquiring, they'll do well, <clears throat> excuse me but they don't have to worry about the people that they've acquired long-term, like but the you're same saying, sales once that, growth. Once that acquisition stops. Right. Yes. That that, it's, that, it's like a shark that has to keep swimming. Like what I would be concerned about, if you're trying to buy me and encouraging me to leave and go fish in your marketing, I'd be concerned about your business. <laughs> it's so true, Craig. Like, let's just get that fundamental. It's forget rates and forget it's Moody's and all this bullshit we're yeah. talking about. Right? Yeah, like, instead, it should be, blah, blah, blah. It should, instead, it should be a postcard. is like, hey, do you want to kick ass with us for yeah. the next 10 years? Like, right. let's do this. Are you, this, are you frustrated yeah. about your business systems? <laughs> do you think you could extract more profit out of your practice? <laughs> are you frustrated about your supply costs? going up you are you upset about the clear aligner costs you have to pay join us we'll use economies of scale and we'll crush your market together let's go instead of like oh. you want to retire great yeah. you want to get out of here we'll buy your shit we'll leave whatever's left over when you take right. off i can't wait honestly the the goal of, of this podcast is going to be a decease insist one day and that's, <laughs> that's when i'll know well we, if that we didn't do it. it i don't know what did <laughs> listen <laughs> I, I love it's I love a formal letter. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just, not allowed to comment I'll, on that. I'm in arbitration. I'll post it everywhere. Oh, awesome. geez. Well, listen, it's just I'm just saying I'm getting that marketing. Maybe they could take this podcast and actually change their marketing. It would help their company a lot. If you got a postcard from Heartland that said those types of things, wouldn't you be more inclined? I mean, I maybe maybe we're in our own echo chambers and we're different types of dentists. But like, I don't want to buy your business if you want to bolt from it. <laughs> yeah, the the avatar. If we go back to marketing for a second, right? Everyone talks like, well, who's your target market? And if your right, target, right, if right. that's your target market, the avatar of someone who's got one foot out the door right. as the primary producer right. in in the business that's the cash flow is predicated right. on the business yeah. you're trying to buy. Yeah. That seems flawed to me. I agree. With right? That, right? Yeah, you've been I, working for 25 years. You kicked ass. We're gonna put a brand new <laughs> D22 student in your place. Place. Go fishing. He'll figure it all out. <laughs> you know what happens? <laughs> all right, let's roll on. All right. Cease and desist.
I love it. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, it's worth it's worth discussing. All right, so we got small direct club. Um, Virgin. That's Bank a Wall Street, Street Journal. <laughs> The Wall Smile Street Direct Journal. Club doesn't have this. So, can we call this episode cease and desist? <laughs> what are we doing here, guys? Let's do it. What are we my doing? Favorite, We're just kicking a bunch this. of beehives. Well, yeah. I think these are the topics that get that that hit a lot of us in dentistry just on our phone. And so, or someone pings us and is like, oh, have you seen this? Hey, look at this. I mean, the title of what's on here, in case you're just listening and not on the uh not watching us, small direct club doesn't have much time back to straighten itself out out from wall street journal which is kind of interesting so the demand for the company's teeth straightening falls they're burning cash they're burning cash they just raised 225 million in april and like the burn rate i actually found the burn rate um so much so that wall street journal is the recommendation is sell let me get out now they ipo'd it over 20 dollars, and now their price right now is around one 0.62 0.62 as time of this writing, August 22nd. Who knows? What is I wonder what it is now. Uh, Type in SDC right. as a it's stock. It's under a dollar right now. Is it really, Trang? I want to say I looked it up last night. It's right at 80 cents. I'll look so, it up right now. So in the time between August 22nd, it was 162, and then today, it's gone that much. So here's yeah, why. Cents. It's here's why, today, guys. I, I, found this, I found this balance sheet. Can you guys see it? Um, That's fine. Go ahead. Well, basically, it goes year by year. It, this is this is in millions, of course, and so this is the losses in millions per quarter. There's only been one profitable quarter, and that was in 2019. Everyone yeah, has been year down 27.78 percent in revenue, 20 percent in net income, and uh, net profit margin down 66.56 percent. The adjusted EBITDA in Q3 of 2021 was negative 70 million. And to endorse that cease and assist concept, I think this is why Reddit is getting so pressed to short this stock to go after it. Oh, really? Further. Yeah. So it's a big push right now. Reddit's it's not like one of the it. Wall Street plays. Like, you know, the Wall Street. The bets. GameStop. And yeah, the, is, yeah is it's, it that? We're going to, it's going down that direction now. So oh, wow. That'd be great. Well, then you though. may want to buy it. Then, <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. So that's what you're <laughs> looking at. We got to short it. If it becomes a yeah, well, we so AMC it. movie yeah. theater again. Yeah. Again, talk about cease and desist. But no, um, you might want to buy the long option. Then, that's right. right. Hey, let's not get into this domain of financial <laughs> let's advice. Let's not pretend. So, that listen we, uh, to this. It says, despite 377 million in cash and equivalents, the company also has over 716 million in long-term debt, on which they need to pay more than 50 million dollars a year in interest expense. Alone. Here's the variable component once again. Yeah, exactly. As the economy heads million, into yeah. a rising interest rate environment, paying a high percentage of gross profits and interest expenses implies significant bottom line issues for this company. So for the third quarter, the firm is forecasting shipments of 83,000 to 87,000 aligners orders right oh, wow. so representing an increase in 49%. This is what they're forecasting, not what their expectations, what the real is. From the second quarter, Small Directs Club price to sale and price to book stands at 3.1 and 10 times respectively. So according to this, it says, based on the latest financial disclosures, Small Direct Club has a probability of bankruptcy of 77%. This is 77.87% higher than that of the healthcare sector and 112% higher than that of medical instruments and supply industry. Meanwhile, just and so this this is just facts, not opinion. Meanwhile, Invisalign is posting 
higher profitability than ever because they are involving the doctor, right? In my opinion, right? Yeah. Well, um, listen, you know, we're we're going down this rabbit hole of like looking at interest rates again and how the macroeconomics affect this company. But like when SmileDirect came around, I was, you know, very intrigued because I was surprised that that patients would be willing to have to do no doctor in their right. in their in their process. So, you know, naturally I would go on, you know, their Instagram page and look at things and see how things were going and for my purview, all I could see was really upset people. So, like I was I was seeing a lot of, you know, and again, it might be selection bias because people don't come to us and be like, look at the result I got with Smile Direct Club or with right. Clear Aligners right. at home. Right. That's they true. come to us because they're having a problem. So we're not really seeing the true scope of it's great or if it's not. But, you know, so we have we have observational biases because they're coming back. But I would I am not surprised you know, based on what limited information I had about it, that they're not doing well. And then you compound it with a higher interest rate and an aggressive growth strategy and all that stuff. That make that makes sense to me. Are you guys surprised? I mean, if we would have talked two years ago, would you have thought that SDC is going to be a great mm. company? No. Take take your ego out. Take your no. like your take, yeah, hurt out. You can't think like a doctor on that. That thinks yeah, don't think like a doctor. Being a doctor. Don't but think then, like a doctor. I'm I'm just coming out as a consumer. Forget about like, oh, I can't believe they don't want me to supervise your clean check. I remember years ago having a conversation with both Pete and Craig on this topic. And it wasn't about, oh, you know, there's, obviously there was a generational demand. They want simplicity. They don't want to have to go see the dot, all these other things, which I we got. But all of us said the same thing, which was like, but is that a good long-term strategy? Right. Like that's where it is. And at the end of the day, most of our businesses are like when we add certain things, it's like a, a quick fix for a quote September or a quick fix for this and that. All we talked about in that previous podcast was build long-standing solutions with good business models that you know make sense for the care of your patients and the right. longevity of your right. business. Which is which is there was really nothing nice in to, this that made longevity. Know, Dwight, that's really naive to say that because we don't have investor pressure. SDC I, I, has investor pressure. Exactly. So we sit here from the really privileged position to say like we're, we have our coffers sure. of finances sure. and we can make, we can afford to make long-term great decisions. When you have private equity or investor pressure, yeah. they don't care about what you're planning to do in 36 months. Right. All the shit we buy is like, oh, next year that'll be great or two years from now, I'm buying a new CBCT and not thinking about how it's going to affect my bottom line for next quarter. Yeah, but know, they have to diversify sad. their business model to have some level of longevity because to double down on something that eventually needs to be fixed by a doctor, eventually those generational gaps don't well, well, last one thing forever. I think, let me tell you that what I think the silver lining of an SDC is, and I'm just using an SDC as a placeholder for all direct-to-consumer clear aligners. It made us dinosaur dentists say, you know what? We are making our patients go through a lot of freaking hoops here. A hundred percent. And why are we bringing them in every freaking four weeks to check their aligner progress? And why don't we make them go through all this stuff? People don't, you know, want that. Awesome. What, are, what are you doing, Peter? I'm taking a, I'm, I'm taking a little selfie of us. No, he was doing uh, a selfie. He was coming know, back. That's really that fucking up. distracting. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, um, I, I don't know. I just think it, it, it was a pot. It was a net positive on dentistry. I agree. It made it us better. Was, it made us better, but I just think that, you know, having, you know, patients taking their own impressions. I know the first hundred impressions I took as a trained dentist were clinically unacceptable. But I'm going to, I'm going to extend that a little further because I want to make sure that everybody's listening understands how our businesses changed due to direct to consumer 
sure. uh, influences. So a good example I know you talk about all the time is now you see your patients a whole lot less because there's not this friction of necessity to see them all the time, right? That's something that you talk about. We did the same. We implemented that a long time ago, but it made a big difference. And you don't need to always have that patient constantly coming in. And there was almost this expectation, this almost doctor pride, like I need to see you to make sure it's, and you hand them the next set of the line or they move on. And there's, it's just kind of an awkward scenario, or they're just seeing your assistant. You're like, well, why can't they have them for a month, two months? Right. I mean, when it yeah. first started, the idea was to have it even more frequently. Um, what else are you all seeing that, that we've done? you know, in all our practices, that was an influence of direct consumer marketing. I think virtual consultations like there Peter's doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, virtual dentistry, Zoom calls, you know, FaceTiming, I'm doing all that. I mean, COVID plus DTC really right. made the patient experience more favorable for them. I realized how many things were just out of my own ego, like my doctor ego saying like, I got to make sure they're tracking and blah, blah, blah. Like right. you can do that over Zoom call. And, you know, we we say it's a five-minute appointment or a 10-minute appointment, but think about it for the patient. They may live yeah. 25 minutes. They had to get a babysitter. You know, it's an hour and a half out Take of Take off schedule. from work. Yeah, yeah. super yeah, inconvenient. Yeah. I would so, also add to that the concept of a digital scans, which was a huge push, right? They weren't going in or, you know, realized, hey, you could come in. Now it's expected. Better fit, better digital scanning, things like that. That was another they, piece uh, of a lot of practices took on. So going back to, you know, as I dug into this uh, topic a little bit, they are kind of pinning their hopes on this scanning, you know, because right now you go in and get scanned at a center, a smile, a smile direct center. So they've got new tech coming out, which is kind of like the, their, their Hail Mary is using your phone potentially. Yeah. Wow. For the scan. So if that works, that work, uh, you know, Greg, who knows? We'll find right? out. We'll find out. But I mean, well, that's guys, why the probability, you know, it's still. It, to me, it's a Hail Mary. And, and if it works, like kudos to them. I love when people innovate and, you know, the, everyone loves an underdog. Um, but, but right now as it sits, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough situation. Yeah. What was quoted from the CFO Kyle Wales, uh, the short-term headwinds from residual impacts after the April cyber attack, which by the way, they had a massive cyber attack. Oh shit. Um, the lasting economic effects from COVID on our target demographic and the slower scaling of some of our new international markets due to COVID prevented us from achieving our, un, our anticipated second quarter results. Um, the international component I think is a, is an interesting part. Um, they just made a massive switch to their, their enterprise efforts. They small direct club will halt operations in Mexico and in several other countries such as Germany, Spain, and New Zealand. It said it will continue to operate and grow in the U.S., Canada, and as well as Australia, France, Ireland, and the U.K. expansions to other countries are halted for now, mm. uh, it says. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, Very interesting review strategy on Smile Direct Club, by the way. I'm just like perusing the reviews. They've got really great reviews. So my local one here is 1,083 reviews, all at 4.9. And I mean, this is anecdotal. I'm just kind of perusing through it. But sure. the first appointment is like oh my god i'm so excited five stars you know monica was so great so excited to begin my journey you see a lot of those and then it's smattered in so they, they're winning on the patient experience they at the winning. upfront so that's another thing to you know to, to wow people at that level that is actually a, creates a lot of headwind for the journey yeah the you social know. optics look like okay this is good then but Everyone's, that's great that's a great right. takeaway for all of us imagine if your first uh, experience is so awesome it kind of creates a halo effect for all further experiences that's huge yep 
<clears throat> okay. We got one other item. Um, well, it, and honestly, who are we going after next? Disney? D- Disney? Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pick one. Let's go. Yeah. This was born, um, you know, what we're about to talk about next was born in, in an interesting discussion on our last, uh, on our long mastermind call. That's right. Where one of the masterminds was talking about like, hey, I like this practice. I want to buy it. Um, I really feel like I should because my interest lock is going to expire. And everyone, we all just like, whoa, 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 time out, pump the brakes. What, what, what? Like that was the redeeming thing. Um, and so I, I thought it was an interesting, Trey and I commented a lot, I feel like, um, on that. And I thought it was an interesting dilemma that if you're, if you're basing your decision on what the interest rate is, <laughs> Then it's probably like if that's the like it's like Craig's story with his dad. I love this story. Like what I hired this new assistant, Craig. She's awesome. You're like, why is he great? She's like, I don't know. She's great. Like, why do you really love her? He's like, well, she's twelve dollars an hour. It's really she's really cheap, and that's like that's why she's so great. And you're like, wait, dad, that doesn't make a great assistant. That's not a great hire. You just pulled a warm body. What this poor guy was doing, um, and I think we saw his way through it. He's like, I'm going to marry this girl. Well, why? Because in April, I have a reservation to reserve a hotel for a wedding ball, a wedding room, and it's a non-refundable $20,000 deposit. Well, how long have you known her? Well, I mean, only six weeks, but the wedding's coming up. It's like, you know, like don't don't put the horse... And that's kind of what look, we, but we, we all, all get in our own way. We he, all the guy who brought this yeah. up is is I know him very well. He's a genius. He's a genius yeah. mind, right? And but sometimes you get in your own echo chamber of like oh, I think I should just do it, and like this timeline is tick tick ticking. Oh, and then you hear the news that interest rates are rising, and these are the best. So I don't know. It's it's an it's well, it's a, like your brain. The brain works, Peter. Like you attach to the destination, and then you get all evidence to support your decision like you get confirmational bias confirmation bias so all he did was say i got a great interest rate i should buy this practice and then from then on in he put blinders on and then we started poking away during the mastermind his logic we realized at the crux of it he's just like i just got good cheap money yeah yeah yeah. we've got good cheap money there's so many assets to buy for with cheap money and don't but i think that's a great conversation like how is it what we put into our minds from news and media and what surrounds us literally decides how we run our business because you're, you're right. I mean, the concept here is, is that interest rates at their current state and what they're looking like um, <clears throat> are making people think it's going to get worse. Therefore I, you know, well, it goes both ways. Some people are like, Oh, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. And they're scared to death and they don't wait till it goes what, back down. Right. Right. It's to yeah. some degree or on the other end, it's kind of like, I got to do it now. I got to do it now. And come to find out, even in this case scenario, when we dug deep, it's not only a completely different business model. And yes, there's multiple models within dentistry. Just because it's a dental office doesn't mean it's the same as the one you've built. They're very, very different. A Medicaid office in pediatrics is very, very different than oral surgery office. Very different from general bread and butter dentistry. So a PPO office, I mean. I I respected him going through the model, right? And and look, there is a point in where it is concerning because there's only so much, even a well-run practice, there's only so much profitability built in. Right. And if your debt service starts exceeding and being very, uh, you know, erosive to that profitability, it becomes like, well, I may, I may wait. I don't know. Um, 
Right, but it's better to buy an asset at the right price with a high interest rate, as we said on the call, totally. than a poor asset with a low interest rate. Because once you pay the price, you can always refinance later. You can always refinance debt later. But if he overpays, or and, and really when we boiled this down more, there's another layer why he's doing this. It was for his wife. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. buying her a job because she's driving yeah. too far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're saddling your wife with you know, all the traditional duties that she's got, and now she's got to run a practice. So I, the, it's just very important to have good people around, whether it's your friends or the mastermind, to just kind of challenge it. And then the other context was like, hey, should I? Well, but I've got space to expand my current office. Like, maybe should I just yeah. do that? And we were like, what? Duh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. start, like, start yeah. swinging the hammer after this call. Yeah, like, we literally said, go knock a wall down just while you're doing just it. Just pushing it just right now. Go push it down. Did you guys watch the... Yeah, do you um, want to play the clip? I mean, I don't know if it'll come through. Are you guys seeing this? Yeah, uh, just play it, though. The audio will I don't be know. fine. It'll look Can you good. hear that? No. No. You cannot hear You have it. to put it on the actual screen, even though it'll be split. I, I had to put it on the screen? Okay. Yeah, the way you did earlier. Share your screen. Okay, yeah. Dwight. There we go. I have to add to the stream. Let's see. Can you? I won't call you what you called me for using. The well, wrong you know what? It's tough to be. It's <laughs> tough call to you. be. He the... called you numb nuts when he said <laughs> he literally. Peter sent a link to Dwight and I, like with a link saying, "Go to this link," and then we clicked on it, and now somehow we're the numb nuts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> somehow, somehow Trey Tippett was in the right place at the right time. All Trey right, Tippett had some. He had Morgan he come in there and put that. Let's see. I'm a technological genius. Can you guys genius in general? All right, let's listen to it. Go. Can you hear that? No. It's not starting there. No? No. That's why we can't have nice things, man. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to post the video. Are we going to reenact you... this? No, but it's actually, it was sent to me by a past masterminder, Andy Letcher, who, mm. again, a very genius mind. So he's like, hey, watch this video. And I had no context. But basically, you know, Craig, I've been getting into kind of learning more about, you know, you had to educate me on kind of the war. I really was kind of oblivious to the potential of war and the potential of, you know, the consequences globally of what this would do, not just to the political, geopolitical stuff, but like the pipeline and interest rates and all these things, right? And the flight to safety for people to go into dollars. So I don't usually like, you know, when I saw this video in Andy Senate, I was like a Rotary Club video. Like I am not watching this. Like not watching this. So this guy, another and another cease and desist. What do you think we said about you when you sent it to us? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like usually not the most stimulating, but this guy's name is Peter Zihan. Um, and he kind of went through and was just describing all the collateral damage that could could happen, the probabilities of all this. It was fascinating. Of and what? I am not I mean, honestly, I don't I don't want to I feel like I will do it in an injustice, Craig, of trying to describe it because I can I understand the consequences in my head. I have a hard time articulating. I it. know, but what's the subject that we're talking mm-hmm. about? Because I never like, watched uh, this. it related to a lot of components on interest rates. So the question was Oh, so it wasn't about the war. It wasn't about Well, it well, was about it, the war. It's in there. Yeah, it, it, it was basically, Craig, is that nothing lives by itself, right? There's there's right. a everything is connected. And so, look, um, it, he went so far as to say, like the the war and then the Ukraine and then these pipelines and then Russia and then the winter and then all these things. Right. Only to then say, like, then went into China and start talking about yeah. China and Taiwan. Now yeah. China's on the brink of collapse and that, you know, that everyone's now going to mm-hmm. be flighting to America to flight to safety from the U.S. dollar. Uh, yeah, I think these conversations are so funny, by the way, because what is unfortunately happening? You know, we sent 80, well, you didn't watch the video, right? So but 80 billion to Ukraine and, you know, 
Biden saying things about the chi one China policy, which we've always said we're, we're never going to touch, and Biden saying if you do something, you know, to China, you know, if China invades Taiwan, we're going to we're going to we're going to step up militarily, and what we're doing in the Ukraine, it is literally like this is interest rate won't matter because that's like Armageddon. And no one's talking about this, which is even crazier. I feel like this is the craziest time where Rotary Club is like, there'll be a flight to safety and you might want to diversify in gold. Like that's not the result of this conflict. It either escalates or it goes away. But if it escalates and they're talking about interest rates and crap like that. Peter, well, are you frozen? Peter froze. I was like, no, wow, he's no, ribbed. He's not frozen. He's just frozen. Oh, he's, yeah, I thought a screen he's was frozen. But, <laughs> but I do. It's just amazing that we're on such a escalatory path for a nuclear conflict. And no one talks about that. But they're talking about like, oh, there'll be like, it'll be a cold winter. And like, and then New York has like these public service announcements where like the smiling lady, like, you know, saying like, okay, so there's been a nuclear attack. Here's what you need to do stay inside, go to your basement. Like, and she's smiling, like, like yeah. somehow it's not going to be like, it's manageable. Like there's some sort of, and, and there's no discourse on this. The media is not talking about it. No one's talking about it, but there's like secondary conversations about economic impacts, which I just find, you know, incredibly strange to me. I, so that's why this is surreal to yeah. hear people talking about, and I don't even know what it is, but I know it's about like, here's how to manage your portfolio when world war three happens. Fuck well, your portfolio. There's I think nothing. the other. I think the other interesting part. This was actually brought up in the All In podcast. Was the difficulty of obviously there's inflammatory, there's bipolarity right now going on throughout the parties, and we've transferred parties from Democratic to Republican seven times in our history, and that's part of what's going on right now. And he brings this up in this video as well, where there's just this you know, such extremes that there's not a lot of practicality and there's warmongers that, that are pushing along the yeah, process. Yeah, on both sides, on both but sides. What's interesting about it is, is in the end to fund these wars, this massive inflationary problem and these massive variable interest rates right. are going to make it difficult to fund the right, but but but, the but the problem the is, Dwight, is the escalation is happening faster than the interest rates are going to catch up. So we're having Biden say things, and the White House what? walks it back. But like, who is the White House? I thought by like, who is like when Biden says something like, "Yeah, we're going to intervene militarily with China." You that's poking a bear. Are you saying we're writing blank checks to Ukraine? I think I think that relates till every last inch is there. Yeah. But in uh, this know. video, he specifically points that concept out and he yes. talks about interest because they ask Rotary Clubs. There are a bunch of business owners who are like, OK, right. wh what is it that we should be looking at? And his comment was simple and clear. And I wrote a little snippet when I when I listened to it in case if we went over this and it said he said some long lines of credit will not be this low in our lifetime. And I thought that was a massive impact. Right that's what I was. Right? Thank you for landing the yeah. plane, Dwight. Yeah. Because hard, I'm, tr I'm trying. That was part of my intro. The in the room. So we have not gotten to an average credit cost for the next 40 years, it says. He he noted, need to look at your balance sheets. And if you need to borrow three years from now, it may be too late. The only exception is capital income that's coming out from the U.S. And then he goes into these other issues where a lot of productivity. So production and equipment and supplies that are built outside of the US, Canada, and Mexico, you can expect supplies from Germany to, to start drying up because of the conflicts that they're dealing with. 
in the next 18 months and China in the next 36. So it'll be harder to build more supply. He's like, if you want a Beamer, get it now because there won't be any more ever. Right. But there may not be parts to fix your Beamer later. Right. Right. Um, It's funny. Craig and I talked about this years ago in in our mastermind. I don't know if you guys remember. It was like, look, if you guys need capital and you want to refinance, like now's the time to do it because that's when we were, it was post-COVID. And I was like, refinance your house. And we were telling mastermind, refinance, recalify. I I told everyone, like even Erica bought a car and her car rate was like 2.2%. I was like, please take your cash. She's like, no, I don't want a big payment. Like people just have such an aversion towards debt. I think there's so many David Ramsey types that are like, you know, debt is bad at all costs. My, po- my point of bringing all this up and then trying to share this video was drawing the context of, uh, of the mastermind comment of the interest rate is that we all assume that we're going back to the norm of what we grew up in, right? We had yeah, this 15 it was our years norm. of just, right, we, that's the era that we grew up in. It's like money's free, money's cheap, debt is cheap. And he's saying like that it may never get, it may never be as cheap as it is currently right now. And if it's not, how are you recalibrating that based on current market data? And that's, I just think it's important to just be aware of these, these things, right? Pick your head up out of the sand is what I always say to people. Like, you know, even in, in, mainly I use that in crypto, but just kind of be aware of what's going on around you. And not that these are fulfilling prophecies f- with certainty, but it would be nice to just draw your own Monte Carlo scenarios of saying like, if this happens, what will I do? If this happens, what will I do? If this happens, should I expand? If this happens, should I not expand? Like I am constantly having conversations with myself in my own head about like the contingencies of things. Lots of conversations. Lots of conversations. (laughs) Well, do, you yeah. answer, do you answer yourself back though? Like, uh, not, like, yes, yes. He moves not, to the other chair not, though, but not out loud. That though, makes Craig. it less weird. I don't if you make it jump weird. from chair to chair. You jump from chair to chair. It's okay. But I just, I just, sorry, I went off on my rant. No, 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 no. It's okay. Thought, you went off on a rant for something that you had not watched the video I send, and therefore wasted a bunch of time. So we. No, but you're talking about the war. You said the war. And like, no, I think these conversations, no, you asked me what the video was about. I told you it started Trey, with this and it was going all the way through. And you Trey just wants wanted, to say something. You just wanted to pontificate. No, Trey's, this quiet. is his first word. He's no, so this, the, the idea of me being quiet is if I chime in with my opinion, we'll have no podcast period. No, no. <laughs> go A lot of it. conflict. Well, no, I mean, well, let's say, go everybody talking over each other. What I liked about the video is that most people are sitting around with this mentality, which I think is really interesting to discuss because a lot of the docs that are attracted to this podcast or listen or things to that degree are younger docs yeah. that have also lived through a time. Every time you do that, I feel like I got to lean up. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I know. Me too. It's, it's a time. Cr- it's a, we got to wear our COVID mask. Hold on. Cover my mouth. <laughs> masking me he wants me to stop talking but i you know these docs you have to realize a lot of us have grown in zero interest rate mm-hmm. life environments and lifestyle is personal meaning i want to make this really personal and when it was bad it got better mm-hmm. mentality you get what i'm saying and so it's it's everybody's like hey bullish 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 because then the truth is well come back bailouts around. bailouts you're saying right when it That's was bad correct, 2008 the government stepped money. in when it got that's bad right. with COVID, guess what happened? The government stepped in. Yeah, that's right. But right? well, we that's haven't right. really it's essentially an the, up and to the right mentality that you think it always continues that way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, 2008 was never really fully addressed. It was just kicked down the line a bit. Yeah, so, yeah. The government pays out. So I found it interesting. So I one last comment because it's a good summary. 
is last night I saw a quick recording of the IMF release, just kind of a global perspective for 2023 when they released. I thought that was interesting. So global growth for 2022, they're projecting will remain at 3.2%, while the projection for 2023 is now considerably forecast to be lowered to 2.7%. The 2023 slowdown will be broad-based and the three largest economies, the US, China, and the European area will continue to stall. In short, the worst is yet to come. Global growth can come down to nearly 2%, which is the lowest historical worldwide global growth uh, in our history. And then since tracked, I'm sure. And <clears throat> most of this comes from the European market due to the war impact Global inflation is expected to peak at 9.5% in the third quarter of 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, and we saw, and then before decelerating to 4.1% by 2024, which goes back to those 18 months that we've been talking about in this pod several times before and kind of the expectation. I mean, what, what do we do as practices? We rely on being consistently connected to our patients. The mm -hmm. same thing that's made us successful will continue to make us successful. Call your patients at the end of the day. R keep an eye on your KPIs. Do good morning huddles. Follow through. The, it sounds crazy for me to take global all the way down to the individual practice, but that's what we're, we've got to understand. Like right. this well, is the, the only thing you like, have control over. Yes. Yeah. What do you have control over? And that's what we need to focus on when we're talking about these big picture items, like because it, if not, they're too overwhelming. Like well, also, Trey, I'd rather, any, no, Trey, Craig, you've talked enough. I'd Trey, rather, you, I'd rather, Trey, well, you, let me just say one thing. I'd rather be a dentist in those types of times than like a jewelry salesperson. Sure. Teeth are really, really important. And when you're in pain, you still, you still take care of this. We're a little bit more immune, but, but, but Trey, please. It's I'm sorry. back to healthcare mentality. <laughs> I agree with that, with what Dwight said. And I think that what you have to always remember is that you, it's why you don't write a vision for five, 10 years out because you don't know what's gonna happen. So all this stuff that happens now, and one of the things you always hear at this point is this is unprecedented. Or, <laughs> you know, oh, I've, I've, I've been through a lot in my Great life comment, and I've never Trey. seen anything like this. But I bet if you go back at any given downturn, someone's saying this is unprecedented. There's always something brand right. new, something unprecedented, something that's gonna, you know, shake, you know, rock the boat at a level we've never seen before. And, you know, we always solve our own problems until well, I mean, granted, five until we to don't, ten but... year plans, Trey, might not be a bad idea, but you can't put it on a shelf for ten years and expect it. So you may right. have and to you can't get it in You may have to revisit it every year. Is what yeah, I'm saying. I mean, yeah. do it at a very, very high level if you're going to do it. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too like much. That. You couldn't. You couldn't have seen COVID. You can't you predict totally. the war happening. Yeah. All right. Check, check. J. Cal, should we wrap? J. Cal, I thought that was a great pod. I yeah. think it's nice to hear general thoughts that are hitting everybody today and uh and i was relatively nice but most important we will get to hang out again in cabo uh this next week and get to be with the masterminders which will give us a lot of fun stuff to talk about yeah, for awesome. the next pod so we're gonna we're gonna do one from cabo correct yes yes it might mm -hmm. and it might be under the influence of tequila just uh, mm -hmm. in, in case by uh, might, that's correct. more predictable yeah. than anything in the recession. Craig and I did that way back in the day. I'm not oh, sure. So oh, we remember way. that. How did, how did it turn out? 
I don't remember it. I don't, I don't think it's good for me. I think um, I think alcohol. Yeah, you were losing your train of thought. Like, yeah. I do remember that. Like, you're like, yeah. what was I saying? I'm like, I would say people drink to feel like I do normally because I'm just uninhibited <laughs> and don't give a crap. But then you get alcohol in me, I turn into a total different it's person. Like I get zombie. really in my head. Yeah. Like, literally, we only had like two or three beers. And it was like halfway through, I'm like, oh shit, I can't even concentrate. Yeah, weren't you all at like, where, where was I? We were in his lake, lake I think house. we were at yeah. the lake house, right? And yeah. I remember oh, the podcast because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just a slurry of who knows what was going on. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a long day. Let's do, let's do a tequila one. All right, everybody. We'll catch you guys next time. Yeah.